Hi, I'm Emma. I'm Mason. I'm Annie, and this is another episode of Limelight, the Falcon Film Podcast. Thanks for being with us today. And today, the vibes are going to get a little bit spooky because, hoo hoo indeed, because we are talking about horror films today. Uh, yeah, we're, it's very, it's going to be a very scary time. Oh, if you, spooky if you times. Spooky times on the podcast. <laughs> Not Halloween, but we're getting spooky nonetheless. Hey, Halloween can be any time if you want it to be. That sounded like a threat. <laughs> I, I don't think that's actually true. That, that's a, I just said something that sounded like an ominous true. line that someone would say in a horror film right before someone like jumps out of the closet with like a kitchen knife and is like getting was, about to get, yeah. I've, I've never seen, I've never seen Halloween, but it sounds like that could be a tagline from that movie. Probably. Yeah. Horror is a really tough genre for me because one, I scare so easily yeah me too i get, <laughs> don't i know <laughs> i mean i get startled by someone like walking in a room or Same. like gl- slamming a door upstairs things like like i spook so easy um and another thing about horror films that kind of rubs me the wrong way is that i feel as though, and I have this issue with some other genres too, but I feel like horror relies almost, not not in every case, but sometimes it relies too much on theatrics and oh, yeah. kind of gimmicks and special effects rather than the actual story. Yeah, like shock So, movie. yeah, and I'm just, you know, you can only put, you know, so many, you know, scenes of violence and and so much you know fake blood before it starts to get like okay like where is this story going what's going to happen next i want to learn more about these characters i want to learn about the motivation behind the killer if there's a murderer in the story or something you know mm-hmm. so that part of horror films always rubs me the wrong way but there are several out there that really pique my interest um Starting, I have to start at the beginning, which, um, and then the beginning of the modern horror genre, kind of as we know it, that started with the 1960 film Psycho, which is, oh, so good, so good. Um, But that's directed by Alfred Hitchcock, um, another great, great director from the golden age of Hollywood. But that movie is... I'd say it's it's not necessarily a film that will like make you jump off the couch and run screaming to turn on the light, but it's just a film that really kind of leaves you shocked and disturbed, which I think is kind of at the root of the horror genre. I think that's what it's supposed to do. I think that some people kind of take that and run with it and most people run too far, <laughs> but I love Psycho because it's about, you know, this woman who is kind of she's on the run from I guess her old life but also she steals a lot of money and doesn't want to get caught because she's trying to start over and she ends up at the Bates Motel which if you are familiar at all with the psycho narrative like that's not a good place to be (laughs) really but yeah yeah who would have guessed um 
but it's, you know, she meets the motel's owner, which is this kind of troubled young man, um, kind of living in this world where he's trying to deal with, you know, his identity and his mother's identity. And it just gets muddled and gosh, it's, I'm not going to give too much away because it's a really special film, but it's in black and white. It was made with a budget of under a million dollars and it's still, is right? Yeah. And it's still regarded, I think, as one of the most important horror films in the history of film. So for something to be made, you know, 60 plus years ago and still carry a lot of merit in a genre like this, I think is pretty impressive. So that's one of my favorites. Oh, for sure. It's it's a very um, like foundational film to the genre. It was really interesting because that was, I think now that I think back, um, since I've only really gotten into horror in like last three to four years, um, more like three, I think, um, because that was probably the first one that I watched because I had to watch it for a film class actually when I was taking like not here but doing Running Start um so yeah it it is also interesting to kind of I don't know get that perspective having watched that before any other you know films in the genre and then kind of especially now starting to gradually gradually watch more. Psycho is technically a slasher film isn't it? I don't know if I would classify it as a slasher film I think I I'd say it's more of like a a psychological horror film okay because it really does make you think there's a lot of you know kind of unknowns that you're not really sure and and one of the kind of telltale signs of a slasher film is that there are multiple deaths in a slasher film and they tend to be those who die tend to be women obviously but they're women who are you know quote-unquote sexually promiscuous or immoral in some way so if you think about a movie like Halloween the original um starring Jamie Lee Curtis um she is kind of like the goody-goody character um you know she has never had sex she goes to school comes home from school does all her homework she's in really advanced classes and she has a lot of friends who are involved with the boys in the town and things like that and most of them end up dying and she doesn't because she's the purest of them all so that's another kind of key factor in identifying a slasher film um I don't like slasher films because of that reason and for many others yeah Um, I get that yeah we're not 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 a fan of uh of shaming women for you know making choices within their lives yeah no thanks Mm -mm. it also like I I totally agree with you on slasher which is why I mean, this isn't entirely from, like, actual firsthand experience because I've never watched, like, I think, like, a, just one of those, like, genuine, like, classic slasher films like Halloween. Um, you're not missing much. Don't, like don't worry. Yeah, I not- <laughs> Well, because of, like, all the stuff that you're talking about um, that I still have a context for, like, knowing kind of what they're about and what, you know, the framework of those films are like, I've never really had a desire to watch one. Also, because I'm just not, I'm not a personal fan of, like, gratuitous gore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, just, 
you know, that kind of graphic violence just for the sake of it, because it's like, you know, ooh, let's just have a bunch of people die without really caring that much about the story and stuff like that. So it's just never been something that's been very, I guess, like, attractive to me as, like, a type of... Yeah, no, I... I totally agree with that. I think that if the violence in a horror film contributes to the story and it's, I don't want to say meaningful, but like if it's important in the narrative, then, then that's, I guess that's just part of the movie. I think one that comes to mind is American Psycho. I don't know yeah. if either of you have seen that. Yeah. Um, a, a classic, but it's a, I think it's, uh, it was released in 2001 but it stars, it, there's a lot of famous people in that film. It's Christian Bale, uh, Willem Dafoe, Jared Leto, Reese Witherspoon. There's a lot of a lot of big names in that movie. But uh, Christian Bale plays the main character and he's this hotshot um, investment banker, but he lives a double life as a serial killer. <laughs> um, and there's, there's one scene that I you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's not funny, but it's really funny in the context of this film where he has, I think he, he has a guest in his house or something. And he's like putting on, you know, a smock and stuff and very obviously preparing himself to kill this man. But he's like putting on music and stuff. And he's like, isn't this just a great tune? And like dancing to the music while he's preparing for the, to kill this man. And he's, you know, narrating and stuff and just picks up an axe and you're just like, what is going on? Because he's so casual about it. But again, like the fact that he's conditioned in a sense to this violence and it isn't affecting him adds to the narrative because it shows that one, he's kind of void of emotion and two, he has lots of experience in this, right? If it's not going to phase him to kill another person so I think that's a great example of a film that is very violent in its you know in its nature but it's important to the narrative or more important to the narrative than violence in other horror films might be mm-hmm. that, that makes sense to me I as someone who is not exceptionally educated in the horror genre that's why I was curious to ask I mean I think I've technically seen one slasher and it was a just a brand new Halloween movie that kind of has that like oh let's just kill people for the sake of seeing Michael Myers stab people and the way I would describe it is it was all slashing and no substance and that kind of just left a funky taste in my mouth if you want to watch someone get killed in a movie so bad I mean I guess go 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 you do you but that's not really something that I'm looking for in a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My my favorite horror movies that I've seen um, have been movies that kind of a lot have more have a lot of more psychological elements. Probably yeah. my favorite horror movie I've ever seen is uh, The Shining, which Ooh. everyone and their mom has heard of The Shining, um, and it's a very it might be a hot take to some people, especially if you've read the Stephen King book. Um, some people really really defend the book. Um, I think Stanley Kubrick did an incredible job um, in atmosphere building in The Shining. I was a little bit confused as I started watching the movie, but then it really captured me. I remember there's one scene and it 
there is no other scene in the movie that scared me more than this scene. And it was a simple scene with the little kid riding his tricycle around Mm -hmm. or his big wheel around Mm -hmm. the hallways. And you hear his wheels go on and off the carpet and and there's like no music. And just because of the atmosphere that Kubrick created in that film, it and the anticipation of something that you like, you feel in your stomach is going to go wrong. It is horrifying. Yeah. And there's like, you can show that to a five-year-old and just show them the scene out of context. And they'll think it's, it, it's rated G. There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> but in context, yeah, it is one of the scariest things I've ever seen in my life. It's terrifying because you're so scared for this kid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I would argue also argue that The Shining is definitely kind of one of those cult classics when it comes to the horror genre. Um, And I think it also goes, um, it doesn't go without, you know, noticing that uh, Shelley Duvall, right, who plays, um, what's her name, Wendy, I think, um, in The Shining suffered like long-term psychological damage Mm -hmm. because of that film. And I I might be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure she kind of quit acting and kind of dropped off the face of the hollywood planet because of how much this film scarred her mentally and emotionally and i think i mean i think with the shining there are just really there's a lot of very memorable imagery and they really play into the five senses in that film which i think is very important in hort right if you're going to want to you know, disturb people and make them feel uncomfortable, you have to play into the five senses. So, you know, if you think about uh, Danny, you know, saying red rum and like hearing that, yeah, that will, you know, chill you to the bone because it's very scary. And seeing those two twin girls together in the hallway, just like, "Ah," just with kind of this creepy look on their face you know so whether it's sight or sound or hearing you know the the sound of jack as he's like breaking through the door you know there's johnny there's so much sensory overload in the shining and in lots of other horror films and i think that's really where that kind of chill factor that scare factor comes in because at least with with me, that is something that that I feel. If I can feel it, if I can see it, if I can hear it, it's going to mean more to me yeah, and affect yeah. me more deeply. So I think The Shining is definitely a film that that capitalizes on that, like mm-hmm. like few other horror films do. So hats off to to our friend Stanley Kubrick for Ooh. for his work on that oh, because it's crazy. It's it's a little bit. I mean, if you if you do Googling about the film, kind of how you brought up, yeah, Shelley, Shelley Duvall did quit mm-hmm. acting recently after, soon after the film. Yeah. But a lot of the things that I've read have described that Stanley Kubrick was nasty to her on set. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is so frustrating and ridiculous. Yeah. But unfortunately, that that happened in a ton of films um, that we're just kind of learning about these days. But yeah. the result is 
a phenomenal and terrifying performance, but at what cost? Right. Mm -hmm. So, I I mean, sometimes the argument can be brought up with like the Dark Knight and the same kind of thing. Like just these performances are, are, somewhat are awe-inspiring they're incredible performances but what was the cost it makes me think of the especially i feel like this is a conversation that's going around a lot now especially with a lot of actors and interviews kind of coming out against like method acting um it's it's it seems like it's very similar in that way to me except like forcing the method like onto other people like because she was just like shelly duvall was like because I, I haven't seen the movie, but I do, I have heard a lot about this, like, just downright mistreated on that set to be, yeah. like, you know, kept in fear to, like, make the fear genuine. But I don't, in my opinion, no matter the result, I don't think that's ethical. Just, like, no. I don't think um, being a crappy person toward your castmates, cough, cough, Jared Leto, um, <laughs> justifies whatever the result is. Yeah, so I honestly, I just think that this is kind of off topic, but I think it is important to say, um, I agree with the school of thought that if you can't or don't think that your actors can um, probably act unless they're like, you know, feeling exactly how the character in the movie feels, that seems to kind of be... I don't know. They're actors, so they're both supposed to be able to act a certain way without actually having to be, you know, forced into it. So, you know, maybe actually let people act or, you know, for those who are obsessed with um, the method, uh, just act well. <laughs> That's my little tirade about method acting. I, I totally get that. I I heard kind of like a crossroads between this, speaking about another horror movie, um, about the recent It movies with Bill Skarsgård. I heard that in one in one of the scenes, uh, actually actually on, on set, um, the director made every effort he could to make sure that none of the kids saw Bill Skarsgård in his Pennywise costume until the first time they saw him was in the scene. And so... One of, the, one of the scenes that he they first filmed with one of the kids was this scene where he picks up the kid and like screams at him and is holding his face and everything. And the kid knew it all well. And Bill describes the scene as how he picked the kid up and he did the whole scene and, and he sets the kid down once the take is over. And he's like, are you okay? Are you okay? Because the kid's sobbing. And the kid wipes his tears and says, that was a great take. Let's do it again. And laughs his head off. And I'm like, oh, so that's kind of this like very interesting crossroad of kind of the kids were prepared to know that they weren't going to be prepared and therefore their reaction was genuine but recognized that it wasn't I, I don't know but you can watch that movie and the performances are, are, are pretty good in that movie too so what do you guys think about that <laughs> I don't I don't know what to do with that I don't either like I yeah I mean I guess there's some something to say you know if, if the director isn't forcing you to you know, make specific choices or things, but they advise you and then you decide to go along with their suggestion. I think one that one film that comes to mind is Rosemary's Baby, which is a film from the 60s directed by uh, Roman Polanski. And it stars Mia Farrow, who is kind of, well, she's an act, she's a well-established actress in her own right, but she's also... Um, very famously she was married to Woody Allen 
and then he divorced her and then married her adopted daughter. So that's fun, but that's not what we're here today to talk about. So let's move on from that. Yeah. Um, but Rosemary's Baby is, this is another horror film that does not rely on violence at all. I, I've only seen this movie, I think, once or twice, but I I don't remember a single, you know, violent scene with bloodshed and death. And that's not a part of a big part of this movie. But Mia Farrow's character and her husband kind of move into this new apartment and their neighbors, unbeknownst to them, are Satan worshippers. Mm. And right, fun, right? Mm-hmm. Fun and cool. And <laughs> very much so. And um, this new, you know, new married couple, they're thinking about having a baby. And this, you know, their, their Satan worshiper neighbors are like, oh, that's so great. It's a wild ride because you essentially, you see this kind of odd fever dream of Rosemary, you know, she's sleeping, but she's awake. And there's these people all around her bed and all of them are fully nude, which is a little shocking. Um, and she essentially gets impregnated by the devil. So she kind of, you know, embarks on this nine month journey where her body is just put through the ringer because this kid is literally half, you know, pure evil. And the weight loss and the, the, the dramatics of her appearance. I mean, at one point, I think she weighed 98 pounds as like a grown woman. And Mia Farrow is kind of, you know, on the petite side, that's just who she is. But 98 pounds is, that's pushing it as, you know, in terms of, you know, long-term health issues and, you know, so, and I, I think that Roman Polanski had, had asked her to do that and she did it you know on her own that was her choice that she made but again I think it's kind of like it at what cost you know Mm -hmm. how long does it take you to recover from something like that because that movie also probably had a lot of mental implications and it's just very it's very unsettling in a lot of different ways um yeah but one of the most kind of striking shocking elements is this transformation that that rosemary goes through kind of as she you know as the baby is conceived as she goes through pregnancy as she goes into labor and and the whole thing that's that's scary is that it's kept from her she doesn't necessarily know that it's the devil's baby and everyone even her own husband like lies to her about it and says no it's he like he takes full ownership he's like this is my kid this is you know um, so she doesn't know that like this cult of Satan worshipers is, you know, taking advantage of her for her demon spawn. So yeah, lots of layers to that film, but it does tie in with kind of the, you know, at what cost element of horror films. So, yeah, I think it's, it's, a, it's just, it's a very complicated issue. All of all of this stuff. So we've reached the point uh, in the episode where we do our little weekly segment that we like to call weekly what to watch. So each of us is going to recommend a film that falls within the category that we're, we've been talking about. Um, so I'll go first. I think that we've been talking about a lot of, 
you know, intense horror films and things. So I'm going to recommend a horror comedy. Um, and it's definitely not, you know, a an A grade movie by any means, but it's one called Jennifer's Body. I don't know if either of you have seen that. But I've heard of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's it's a 2009 film that stars Megan Fox and Amanda Seyfried. And it's it's kind of, you know, gotten some odd, I guess, publicity because there is a scene where the two of them have a romantic moment together as two women. And that, you know, obviously is going to garner reactions from people. But it's essentially about this girl who... Megan Fox's character, Jennifer, who is sacrificed as like a, for for some sort of ritual, but the sacrifice doesn't work the right way because she is, she wasn't a virgin and she was supposed to be. So she kind of turns into like this vampire weird thing. It's, It's complicated, but she basically has like this craving for human flesh. So the film is kind of about her killing a lot of people or in this small town you know minnesota area where the movie takes place but it's also about amanda seyfried's character because she kind of plays this under the radar kind of loser type of character and she really admires jennifer's confidence so it's her kind of wanting to be more like jennifer and jennifer kind of taking amanda seyfried's character under her wing and amanda seyfried not aware of the fact that she's becoming friends with this thing that's going to eat her (laughs) so it's definitely a wild ride definitely more on the comedy on the light-hearted side of horror um it's not going to be the best movie you've ever watched in your life but i really like it so i'm going to recommend jennifer's body sweet okay well i am going to move up i think a perfect decade and i am going to recommend I believe it's a 2019 film called The Invisible Man. This uh, is one of the first horror movies that I saw because I just kind of got into the genre as of, what, three, four years ago now? Um, And this is very much a psychological thriller horror with um, kind of some commentary on domestic abuse. And it it is a heavy movie. Um, It's not a fun watch, but the, uh, the special effects, the premise, the the characters and the the acting is all phenomenal it's it's an excellent film um i think if you enjoy anything to do with the psychological horror genre i think it's a must watch um it won a bunch of awards i think in 2019 it's it's a it's a great movie watch watch the invisible man okay and um for mine i'm gonna um recommend a movie that i'm surprised we didn't talk about But um, I think I'm going to recommend the movie uh, Coraline. Um, It's an animated film from, I do not remember what year. And I think it's on Netflix because I think that's where I first watched it. It's been a little while, but um, it was, again, it was one of the earlier horror movies that I watched. Um, I actually watched it for the first time um, when I was like visiting SPU before I came, which is a whole story, but we don't have time for that right now. Um, which is basically, it's, it's just, it's about this, um, you know, girl that enters this whole, like, you know, other 
like world that she gets drawn into and then it like you know turns sinister as many things do in horror movies um but yeah it's really good um it wasn't it's not personally as scary to me as a lot of other people hype it up to be um but I really love the visuals and it's just I don't know it's a fascinating movie very very fun to watch um so yeah I would very much recommend that yeah I love Coraline I think that's that's another film where it's more unsettling than it is mm-hmm. scary. Yes. But still a fantastic, fantastic film. For sure. Yeah. All right, friends, that about wraps it up for today. Thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of Limelight. Again, I'm Emma. I'm Mason. And I'm Annie. Thank you again for listening. And we will catch you all on our next episode. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.